Peter. All right, welcome back to another episode of Besties in the Break Room. I'm one of your hosts, Christian. And I'm your other host, Nicholas. And today, we're tired. Yeah, we're tired. We're tired. The weather is gloomy. It's gloomy. It's raining. And we are a little exhausted. However, we are still here today to provide... Another podcast episode for you all because we know the fans. How many views our last one got? Like 14. Okay. Work. (laughs) Um, You know, actually, (laughs) we got an email about um, thing. Anchor is being sold out to Spotify. Oh, really? Yeah. So we won't have Anchor anymore. We'll have Spotify for podcasters. I literally just got the email on the way here and I looked at it. Wow. So we will be officially like in the Spotify game. How was your week? My week was my week was actually really good this week. I had a good week. That's good. What'd you do? What made it good? What you know, all the trials you know, and tribulations. Are you talking about I mean yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, you know, I saw a boy. <laughs> saw two boys. Um one night. Um okay. <laughs> And I I mean work was like all right. I didn't let work get to me this week. I was just like, I don't give a fuck, like y'all need me. Exactly, exactly. So Yeah, I'm chilling. How was your week? My week was pretty good as well. A little tiring. Um I started back at the gym. Give it up for the dress. It was pretty great. Um, that's been really fun. It's also just been good to have that like coming back in my routine. Um, yeah, because I've been going back to the gym and I'm not used to it. I, mean, I am a little, little tired this week than usual. I like go to the gym and I come home and I'm like contemplating like taking a nap. But I know that if I take a nap, like that's not gonna be good. Um, got a haircut today, as you can see. Nice. Um, which looks so good. good. Thank you. I got it short and then curly on the top. And then, yeah, to, like this week's been pretty chill too. Work has been, there's been a lot of drama at work. Oh, yeah. Especially for you. Especially for me. Like, I'm, it's bad drama for me. Um, Yeah. Just, I mean, I can talk about it just a little bit. Yeah, you yeah, can. Yeah, I can. Um, Just people think that they know everything people have presumptions and make up realities of their own that aren't true they fabricate and exaggerate and you know I don't appreciate it but I don't really care (laughs) that's the thing are you gonna confront them or no no but if they still have some sort of like animosity that's still lingering that causes tension within the my workplace are you gonna be like what's up then the yeah that's what I'm gonna say like (laughs) what's going on because and yeah. i'm just gonna start being very not blunt and rude but just very short very one-sided kind of conversations with these people i mean as you should like i think it's like really weird how like they're all like older too and they're they're all just ganging up on you and just because maybe one of them has a problem with you they just are like making up and like saying certain things about you or like when one or two of them don't like you, they all like try to work against you. I think that's really weird. It is. And it's like, it's corporate giants and machines that went against me. Yep. Like, but it is. I mean, that's what a hate train is. Barb. Oh, yeah. And they're starting it. But they'll have a hate train on someone else soon. They will. It always rotates. I've had this hate train before when I had beef before with two girls. And um, 
and we're dropping first and last names. Fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's whatever. It's fine. It's just kind of it's kind of annoying. It's just kind of like, like, I don't I didn't ask to be a part of this. I never subscribed to this narrative, nor did I ever try to entertain it in any way, shape or form or fashion. But the things that have been um, said, I kind of feel like I'm in my rep era a little bit. I feel like no one's about to physically see me for a year. Because that's what you thought that they wanted. That's what the, That's what I thought that they wanted. And when I was up there and they were booing, I thought they were booing me. And at 19, and when all you want to do is make people clap, that's a very formative experience. <laughs> But no, I just think their behavior, especially for these really grown women uh, that we do work with, I think their behavior is reductive. What does that mean? Look it up. We did. (laughs) (laughs) What does it mean again? (laughs) Um, I don't know, but it's just funny. I yeah just just that stuff has just been kind of like annoying and it's been kind of like bubbling to the surface a little bit just within my workplace but I know that it'll be over soon and I know that the way that I'm about to start acting they're gonna be like whoa (laughs) you know what I mean because it's really about to get like because most of the time you are like super nice and sweet and like you're funny and like you can have conversations with people but I mean, I think they will definitely take notice once you just start. You just, you, you know, you're just there to do your job. And once people come up to you and they talk to you, you're just gonna be like, yeah, and yeah, or like, no, just be like very short. Yeah. Because like, they don't deserve like the nice side of you. They don't. And when I am able to leave this place of work and my book comes out, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I publish, I'm a published author. And um, we moved to New York City. We moved to New York City. Then I will fully be on this podcast talking about them dropping first and last names. Maybe just first names. Maybe just first because. Or make up a name for them. Yeah. 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 But overall, everything else has been fine. Literally on my days off, I don't even think about that place. I don't either. I'm just like, whatever. And then I'm like, oh, when do I work next? Okay, cool. And then when I do shop to work, I'm just there to do my job take my breaks and go home like it's fine i have no like oh oh i have to oh no oh i feel oh no i'm just there and it'll be fine exciting stuff is happening i feel like within sort of like pop culture and i feel like that's fun specifically in music and i know that we do talk about music a lot but that is a very pinnacle thing i feel like within our lives it is i feel like music it's something we care about a lot it is and i feel like that's what we're gonna talk about um maybe not a majority of this podcast but um you know it's gonna come up you know what i mean um so right now today what's today's date today is march March 9th 2023 and in a couple hours five hours exactly um miley cyrus will be releasing i don't know which number i think it's ninth her ninth studio album album, uh endless i think it's 11th no it's not her 11th no way i don't think you don't count her hannah montana albums as like miley cyrus albums so hold on so just look at the miley cyrus ones and then count those okay 
So starting from we have Meet My Cyrus, Breakout, The Time of Our Lives, Can't Be Tamed, Bangers, My Cyrus and Her Dead Pets, Younger Now, She Is Coming, Plastic Hearts. So it's her 10th studio album. Well, She Is Coming is an EP. Yeah, but it's still like a body of work. Mm. And it was intended to be made into like a full length album. Okay, her 9th or 10th album. <laughs> her 9th or 10th studio album, depending on how you perceive it. Yeah, but I'm very excited. I'm very excited too. I hope it's good. Uh, the gays on Twitter, the UK gays on Twitter that I follow have been raving about it. Um, some people are saying that Is it's it already mid. out in the UK. Yeah, it came out. Um, that's wild. Yeah. I know yeah. that happens sometimes with album releases, like it'll release at midnight, but a lot of times like I know Taylor, she made them hoes wait till it was 4am there or like four or 5am their time yeah. to listen to midnights. Yeah. Um, but all the tweets that I'm saying, I've seen a couple like it's mid, it's nasty, it's this, it's whatever. But for the majority, like all the people that I trust who are Lana stands. I've seen people say good things about it, though. Yeah. I don't really trust like people who listen to like the leaks or whatever, because uh, every time like I look at the leaks and I. It used to like give me like a perception of an album before it came out, just because like I'm like, oh, well, people are listening to it that it must be true. But every time I listen to an album when it when it actually comes out, I'm like, did we listen to the same album? Like exactly. Not only that, but I feel like some albums are made to be growers. Very true. So like you can listen to to an album the first time through and be like, I don't like any song, but then you're gonna come back to it and you're gonna be like, wait, something's clicking. Yeah. And generally, I feel like those albums age the best. That's how I am with like almost all Nicki songs. Like yeah. when they first come out, I'm usually like, I'm not fucking with it. But then I'll like listen to it a couple more times and I'm like, oh, and then I'm like deciphering the bars. And then yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I love it. How did you feel about Red Ruby to Sleaze? Oh, I love it now. Like, I love it. I really like it. I too. was like, I it, like it. When it first came out, I was like, mm, like, it's okay. And now I'm like, oh, like, this is actually like really good, especially like her verse, her second verse in the song. Like, she goes hard. Oh, yeah. I think it's really good. I um since I've been back to the gym I've been listening to a lot of Nikki. So like every time I go to the gym and I just put my AirPods in I'm like Whew. AirPod Pros um second generation. And I'm like okay like let me listen and I do and I'm like wow like this is she really did that with this. She did. And she said it's going to be on her next album. She said it's not the lead single. She said Super Freaky Girl and the song are going to be on the next album. But she said the next single is actually going to be one that's going to be like promoted and stuff. And she says whenever she comes out next, that's when y'all know, like, it's album time. That's what she said. Oh, okay. So. I don't believe her, hopefully, but. <laughs> hopefully she's, yeah, hopefully she's, like, actually telling the truth. If you don't, if you're not a Barb and you don't follow Nikki, she has always had messy album rollouts. Yeah. Even from, like, back in the day. I just hope this, this next one, like, she chooses a date and, like, they stick with it. Yeah, I hope it doesn't, like, come up on, like, the week before and then she's like, Barb's, I'm delaying it and it's worth it. Yeah, she just needs to, like, finish it and, like, not set. Because, like, Barb's will, like, if she really wants to, like, have, like, a really, like, big debut like at least one that's like bigger than her last album i think she should finish it and then like send it off and then send it off to like the vinyl pressing plants yeah so like she can have like vinyls and stuff out the first week because like she actually is one of the few rappers that can actually sell like physical copies so like i think that would be a smart move for her but like the way she is like she always turns in shit like super last second so like we might get CDs and stuff the first week, but I doubt that we'll have vinyls. 
Yeah, I I don't think. Well, I mean, maybe though, because like she knows Barb's likes her vinyls, especially from like. Um, I think her the her label might tell her that like that she needs to have vinyls out the first week too. So maybe. I think so, especially because Barb's like went hard for beaming up Scotty. That's true. And Pink Friday, I feel like right. Yeah, because I remember it like <laughs> she didn't even know like that the vinyls came out that week though because um, I remember when. It said that Pink Friday like re-entered like the top 100 of the Billboard charts that week, like the week the vinyl, the repress came out, and she was like, "Why is it charting this high, Barb's?" And they're like, "Girl, your vinyl ship." Yeah, <laughs> and she was like, "What?" Yeah, and I remember during I think she was on a Twitter live space or something, and she was like, "I didn't even know y'all cared about vinyls," and all the Barb's were like, "Oh, Nika." Like what? Yes. Even Barb's who don't have record players will buy her vinyls. Oh yeah, because it's big displays of artwork. It is, and I don't know. Like, did you see the tweet today? Uh, like R I R I A A, which is like the I forget what it stands for, but it's what like artists like what they certify like platinum, gold mm-hmm. records, diamond records. Um, they reported today that for the first time in the twenty first century, um, vinyls globally, um, sold uh shipped out had more shipments uh globally than uh cds for the first time in the 21st century that's crazy that is but i mean like i mean understand it like i'm like obsessed with vinyls like i wouldn't like i mean if i'm in my car most of the time like it's just it's more convenient i feel like the reason why like cds are starting to go away is because like it's way more convenient like when you're in your car just to play songs from your phone than to like take it out and put it in but like if you're in your house or whatever and you're just chilling or like maybe you're reading a book or maybe you're like cleaning like you can just like pick out an album and just like put it on your record player and spin it and have it in the background while you're just doing whatever yeah and also like vinyls are really pretty too and they are like a lot of like records they come with different things like sometimes they come with booklets or posters and just like they're a lot prettier than CDs too, and like it's a lot like the artwork's a lot bigger. I think that's another reason why people are why vinyls are like making such a resurgence these last couple years. So like I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and I think as well like vinyls are something that have blown up. But what I don't understand is why these record companies and these record labels like why don't why don't we invest and make more plants so that vinyls can be produced more frequently yes especially like it because there's like older albums that i want to but like it's so hard to like get older albums on vinyl because like record plants are so busy making new vinyls for albums that are going to be released and it's just like oh like I, i wish like it was easier to get old vinyls like let's start Let's start creating jobs and making more vinyl factories. So I read an article, I think it was like a couple of months ago, that was like the reason that they're not building new plants and stuff is because record executives are afraid that vinyls are going to go away again. They're not. They're not. Especially, like, they are not. Because literally every year, I think, since like 2019, every year since 2019, like, vinyl sales have gone up every single year since 2019. I think since like 2016. Well, I feel that might have been when you started collecting, but I know like that's when like a lot more like when Target started getting a lot of it, tar- like, you know, vinyl exclusives yeah. in 2019 and then onward, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And a lot of people who you would expect to be have record players have them. 
Yeah. And I think as well with vinyls is it forces people to listen to your album. I just hate when people collect records and I see that they have a, a box suitcase and I'm like, let's get you something else. I know. Else. People post that on their story and they're like, oh, what the heck? And I'm like, ooh. I know. One thing, if you do have a boxed, like a suitcase record player, those are really bad for your records. You know my friend Keon? Yeah. He's like really into record collecting and he's saving up to, because I told him that he needs to get the Audio Technica. He's also going to get the speaker that I have too. What is he? Honestly, because I did the same thing. You're the blueprint for that speaker, girl. Yeah. <laughs> girl, that speaker is fire. They used to sell it like at Walmart, but I haven't seen it at Walmart any. Yeah, and lately. it was cheap. It was it went cheap. Up, you know, it's like $300 it's, now. It's like $200 on, on Walmart. I now. saw it on Amazon for $300. That's Maybe insane. they came out with a new one, though, like a version or something. No, because. Uh, I remember like one time I saw it on sale at Walmart for like 70. I'm like, damn, that's a steal. Cause I think I got mine. It was like maybe like 120 when I bought it. I think mine was the same. Yeah. Mine was it up, was it more expensive though? Cause it was black. It was black. It was like, I think yours was like 150 cause, just yeah. cause it was black. But yeah. Which I mean isn't terrible, but, but that's if like, you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about clips. I think it's, that's how you say yeah, it. Yeah, it is clips. K L I P S C H. They're amazing and record player speakers. Amazing. They're an amazing. They're also a really good speaker brand. And I see a lot of people who are like really serious about collecting records. They buy the huge ones that they sell. They're expensive, but when they play records, they're like, yeah, that's uh, I mean, it's like you're in a movie theater and I'm like, whoa, like stuff like that. So I know I remember when I got it, you're like, let me know if the speaker's good. And I remember I played it and you were like. Yeah, because I had my little sound bar. Yeah. When I first started collecting records, I had my suitcase player and a Beats pill. And I played, literally, I played Lana every single day. Before I woke up for school, me and my mom would be up just in silence. And I would immediately turn on, I'd put on Ultra Violence. And I'd let it spin and spin and spin. And I'd flip it. Like, I'd come out the shower, wet hair, wet hands. And I'd flip it. And I'd be like, come on, let's go. I'd dry my hands before. Oh, but okay. I would, like, flip it. And I'd be like, let's go. And then I upgraded to an Audio Technica, which is, like, it's a more higher quality sort of, like, record player. And it was an LP60. And I got that. That's and I was I like, have. yeah. and But I had the oldest version. Like, you, one of the first versions yeah, that were coming out. You have the, you have the one that's not Bluetooth. Yeah, and I got that, and I got a sound bar above my, um, I had, like, a shelf with all of them on it. It was, like, really it cute, It had really actually. shitty bass. It did have shitty bass, because I'd play, like, Honeymoon, and I'd play Freak, and if you don't know, that is Alana's song from Honeymoon, her album, and it has a really killer, like, bass that just, like, fills your body up when I listen to it with headphones, but on that sound bar, it it it, nothing like was filling. And I remember filling. for a while you said you just didn't play your records because you you didn't like your setup. Yeah, and I just kind of stopped collecting for a little bit too because I kind of like I don't know. I was also out of a job, so I was just kind of like, oh my god, like I don't have anything. I don't have money, and I like honestly, and also music wasn't really the music of like my faves no one was really dropping anything so i kind of just like went through a record like drought but then i came back and when i did come back i upgraded to like the audio technica lp120 which i believe is their most advanced i think it is i think it is i think they have two it's two versions it's the lp16 and lp120 and the 120 is like the most advanced it's kind of annoying that it doesn't have auto stop though yeah but i think they said they did that because it allows you to calibrate your needle yourself which allows for a better sound okay because that one you don't have to calibrate it but when i got mine i had to google it took me like 30 minutes to calibrate it but i was just dumb it took took two seconds once i figured it out but you basically have to like weigh it because it comes on 
like your needle and you like the whole arm of your needle and then there's a weight at the end and the weight allows you to add weight or like take away weight and it just allows you to weigh it perfectly so but once you weigh it perfectly once you don't have to wait again for like two years because the weight eventually will like come off and you'll have to be like oh, oh. you just reweigh it and it's great but oh, okay yeah uh i love it i just love record collecting in general Me i've been too. collecting since 20 i honestly would say 2015 because I remember my first ever album I ever got was Born to Die. Nope, it was Ultra Violence. And then I got Born to Die. And then I got 1989. I'll probably keep... I would probably... I'm probably just going to keep my LP60. Yeah. I mean, it works perfectly fine. Yeah. If it it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, and it's Bluetooth. So like, it's really nice, too. Because mine lasted... My LP60, even though it was one of the first versions, I could have still kept it. Yeah. But I was just like, I kind of want something newer. Like, I wanted a new speaker system as well as something that was Bluetooth. You do have to switch out the needle every couple months, though, if you play your records a lot. A lot, yeah. I replace mine probably... Like, once a year. Yeah, I'll probably replace mine by summertime again. Yeah. And... It, I mean, the upkeep of vinyls, if you, some people are like, I don't really want to get into record collecting because it's kind of frivolous and it's kind of like you have to know a lot. Really, the basics that you all you really need are record sleeves, which are the things that you put your records in to make sure no dust. And also every time you slide your vinyl in and out, there's weights of the vinyl inside your records. So it's kind of like creating like, I don't want to say like a fall through, but it's going to create a seam split at the bottom of the album sooner or later, like years down the road. Yeah. Um, keep them upright. Don't stack them. It also will, um, it keeps them from like getting like bent and stuff. Yeah. Which that'll cause warping. And then when you go to play yeah. it, it'll skip, yada, yada. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's kind of an expensive hobby, but once you're set, you're, it's really not that expensive. Like once you have your basic necessities of like, a good player, a good speaker, and good record care, like a cleaning solution kit and things like that. I it's mean, you're really bad. set. Like, yeah, because a lot of that stuff just lasts you like for a long. Like you, once you get a nice time. speaker, it'll last you a while. Once you get a nice record player, it'll last you a long time. Yeah. Once you get that cleaning kit, I've had my cleaning kit for like two years, and I still don't need a new one. Same, and I've spritzed, 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 and I'm like, I'm yeah. fine. I, I spritz a lot when I play like older records. Like, yeah, that's when I'm like, of, well, sometimes you got to clean newer ones too because they have like factory. Yeah. Dust on them because i remember i told keon i told him that he needs to get a record cleaning because i remember i i ordered him igor um by tyler the creator and i remember i i saw him open it and he opened it and he was like what's this stuff like on the record and it's black and it had like white stuff on it but Mm -hmm. i was like that's just like that's just stuff from the factory i was like you just got i have a cleaning thing i was like i can clean it for you but um but like yeah you should just get your own because i was like that's like a common thing like it happens it 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 happens a lot a lot more than people think with newer records because i remember one time i i think uh when i started record collecting i forgot which record i bought but i remember i played it and i was like why is it skipping and then you were like you're like maybe i just need to clean it and then you cleaned it and then it was fine yeah especially with like the way how fast some albums were being produced and stuff things like skips and like some debris that does get on your records that stuff does happen but i mean if you have a solid like if you just clean it you're fine yeah the only record i've ever bought where like i i bought it and it skipped i bought the good days yep and vinyl. Then, didn't you return it yeah i did return yeah. it and i got a new one yeah but... that's good yeah um mine that i still have is harry styles first album really mm-hmm. it skips on i don't remember what song but it does skip and then i also bought um, would you ever give it to ann vinyl and get a new one no 
Because I, li- I like that album, but it doesn't skip. It skips at like the very end of the last song on the record. Oh. So I'm not like, oh my God. Oh, okay. And then the other one was Halsey's Helpless Out in Kingdom. Uh, in 2017, I ordered that and it came in a paper bag. Oh. And I contacted Urban and then it gave me 30% off because I was like, I'm going to get multiple pressings of this. So I'm not really too stressed about it. Right. But it skips on two songs. Okay. It just goes all the time, all the time, all the time. I was like, okay. I got to get new. Oh my gosh. Record collecting is so fun. <laughs> and if you do take care of them, yes, like they will last you a long time. Like there's a reason that people still find like some original copies of things like Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd or like uh things like like a version by madonna like like these original pressings of these albums and they're constantly like old ones that are just found like rumors by fleetwood mac is like probably the most pressed album on vinyl one thing though is when i first started collecting records the i've really noticed the price increase of records since i started collecting it's like the baseline's like 30 bucks now and it used to be like 20 22 dollars yeah when i first i remember when i first started collecting i got the paradise ep my original pressing of that that i got from books a million guess how much it was how much ten dollars it's like 18 now because it was lightweight and it came it comes with a poster but it's not it's not a poster it's just a little slit Oh, okay but um and I was like, whoa. And I was like, this is cheap. My original Born to Die was, I think, $17. Well, some records are still kind of cheap. Uh, but back then, 1989, full $27. <laughs> That's probably, it's probably like 30 something now. One thing I need her to do is really do a repress of all her albums and like, don't give us no paper sleeves. Like, I, I don't care that they're, I want them to be black vinyl. I don't really care. Well, all of her, um, all of her albums that she owns besides like fearless tv they don't have paper sleeves so one thing that i definitely wanted to talk about really quickly i kind of talked about this with you for a second like a little bit yesterday um lana did the rolling stones cover for the uk and Play. in it she looks really this good i really like it y'all have been getting from lana in a honey, long honey, time honey honey Long time. Long time. I think the last time we got this much promotion was NFR. I think we're getting more than NFR promotion. Low key, yeah. I think we're getting like honeymoon promotion. Or like right Lust now. for Life. She kind of did promote Lust for Life. Yeah. I saw her. Yeah. Yeah. I saw her around Lust for Life. Okay. Um, no, I'm just kidding. People were talking about her back then. They were, especially with Love, because that was low-key a radio hit. Yeah. That was on the radio a lot, actually. What I kind of wanted to talk about is something that I feel like recently within, like, the Stan community is really something um, that I just kind of wanted to get off my chest a bit. So in this sort of interview that she did with, like, the Rolling Stone GK, Lana kind of talks about... Um, how she promoted she like did not promote blue banisters at all and she just kind of released it and was just sort of like here it is whatever and that got me really thinking because i've had this conversation with other like lana del rey stands and something that i feel like there was like a really big shift in her career and it really did come with like lust for life the album like after post lust for life i feel like we got a new lana and we didn't realize it so something that I have sort of like concurred is for her first four albums and by four albums, I mean, Born to Die, which includes the Paradise Edition, Ultra Balance, Honeymoon and Lust for Life. 
I have always felt like that a lot of people are like, this is old Lana. This is like, whatever. Like, this is back then. This is OG Stan days. This is like the Lana that we know and love and sort of post Lust for Life. So, um, NFR, NFR, chemtrails, blue Blue banisters. banisters. And now did you know that there's a tunnel under ocean Boulevard? Um, you can shorten it to say ocean Boulevard. Yeah. But the people gotta know, cause it comes out March 24th and you better be streaming. Um, what a lot of people have kind of noticed and something that I've, my own sort of take on this is I feel like, um, with the first four albums, she kind of talks a lot about, in this interview as well, she also kind of talked about how in this sort of present time in her career and with the past albums since, like, everything post Lust for Life has been very literal and autobiographical. I mean, and I really did listen to Kim Charles and Blue Bannisters last night, like, after I left here, and I kind of, like, really did see what she was talking about because in chemtrails especially and especially blue banisters there's very current like pop culture references and very current sort of like events that i feel like she talks about that affected not only her but her life her friends and her family and i really think that people when they're talking about old lana old Lana's kind of like this and this was also talked about in the interview as well she kind of like references how in the beginning of her career so those first four albums that we talked about are sort of like her hyperbolized like dreamlike state of her life something that she sort of portrayed as not necessarily a character at all but just like she kind of like what sort like movie ties it i guess does that make sense like movie time i i get it like do you know what i mean like movie like kind of like like made it more dramatic but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like uh her her music back then like did seem very like cinema um cinemagraphic yeah i think that's a word yeah <laughs> i don't think it is maybe not but, but like you know y'all know yeah, what i mean you know you know yeah, what yeah, I mean. yeah it's very like her music back especially back then was just very grand and yes very lots of strings lots orchestra. of strings lots of metaphors i mean and we really do see the shine on albums like born to die and honeymoon yeah. where it's very metaphorical and very very like just like up there i feel like it's just sort of like up there in the clouds kind of Lana where she is talking about real life topics that did pertain to her, especially on sort of more autobiographical songs like born to die, like blue jeans, like video games. Go ahead. I was about to say, you know why I like less for life so much? Why? Because like, I mean, I do like born to die and I do like ultra violence. Ultra violence is my favorite Lana album, by the way. Um, but Lust for Life, I really like that album too because it kind of feels like compared to like compared to like Ultraviolence, Born to Die, Paradise, and Honeymoon. I really what I really like about Lust for Life is like it's I think from compa- when I compare like those albums to me, it's her most like pop album. Yeah, and I also feel like it was a lot different from like stuff that she had done in the past. Like, I feel like if people listen to less for life or if they went from born to die and then they go to listen to less for life, you can't say those two albums sound the same. No, you can't like at all. No, you at can't. all. Because like, I mean, born to die is amazing and it's great, but like less for life 
especially especially like some of the songs on there i'm just like some it has some of her best work on there oh yeah like some of her like most catchy songs yes songs like get free tomorrow never came tomorrow never came the song love the song lust for life like those songs are very catchy and poppy and I just I think like um, that's one of the reasons why I like it so much because it seems like compared to all of her other albums she took like such like a like such a like drastic change or like shift in her like sound and like what she was making with Lust for Life compared to her other works. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially because I feel like I mean even if you were to say that and let's take Paradise as its own entity even though it is only EP and later on it was attached to Born to Die the Paradise edition if that's four on one side lust for life and then four albums after that i feel like lust for life really is that album is very special and i feel like it deserves its own lane and category because i feel like there are so much that she speaks about on that record i feel like that was it not only did we have the most collaborations on that album that she's ever had not only that but we also had like she was talking about things like this is where sort of like her current events came and I feel like this is where it really started to like go in and songs like when the world was at war, we kept dancing where she talks about, you know, like the Korean missile like strikes and things like that. And things like in Coachella, what stuck on my mind, she's talking about singing to an audience and worrying about their future and like how these kids have to grow up. Like people our age have to grow up in this sort of like, tumultuous climate of politics especially around that time i mean that was a year after the trump Trump. that was the beginning of the trump era and lana like very publicly denounced trump as a president countless times um but i feel like kanye west is blonde and even in that like kanye west is blonde and gone on nfr like that is a such a literal it's such a literal you just love the kanye shade no i do too (laughs) i love that too but i mean it was she was right and you know jack was planting things in her ear too (laughs) being like he was sabotaging the queen oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) and like i don't like i just think i don't i guess what the point that i'm trying to say is that i feel like those first four albums born to die paradise ultraviolence honeymoon sort of put their stamp and mark of lana at that time in her life those years of her life i mean from 2012 to 2015 when honeymoon was released like she was putting cranking albums back to back and i feel like that time in her life was very like hyperbolized to a degree that was very i don't want to say otherworldly but sort of it was sort of amped up to this sort of like glamorized which i hate using that word because people say she glamorized abuse and stuff but taking topics that really did happen to her she's just writing about her life she is and it, she wrote about it in a very hyperbolized way that's the that's the thing that I, I guess i'm trying to get at and then when lust for life hit that album is such it's sort of like a v in her career because it but not in the sense that it's a bad album but just in a sense that it's a very different album i mean those that track run you're telling me tomorrow never came and summer bummer are on the same album they're amazing they're amazing songs it's just like it's just like whoa and i think it really hit a i don't know i think that album strikes a chord for a lot of lana stands and even going afterwards where people say that oh lana fell off oh lana this or oh lana that 
saying that she's not good or not talented or the stuff that she's writing about now. She kind of shut down the critics that hated on Lust for Life, though, when she put out NFR. Oh, yeah. Because NFR is, like, considered, like, another, like, in terms of, like, w- like just general acclaim. Um, it's, like, right up there with, uh, with Born to Die and Ultraviolence. It is. I mean, it's just, critically, it was really widely accepted. I feel like NFR and especially to the GP, which means general and public. Now, especially with like TikTok and stuff, like yeah. NFR has been has been become even bigger than what it was when it was released. I feel like every song from NFR has been popular on TikTok. Yeah, at NFR, some point. Mariner's Apartment Complex, the greatest, the greatest, Venice Bitch, like all these songs have been popular and they're like big TikTok sounds. Yep. And I don't know. It's just wild. I just kind of made that observation where I was like, I feel like this era of the NFR, the Kim Trills, the Blue Bannisters, and now Ocean Boulevard a lot marks of pe- a new territory. A lot of people are really loving A&W too. Yes. And it went popular on TikTok. It did. And I'm like, I see people using it when they're like, when the song's not nothing about it. That's it how has- I know it went popular. And it has um, this album, um, the streams that it has like right now, and there's still like time. um, It has more streams than Chemtrails (laughs) and Blue Bannisters did um, the day. Because like she had released singles for both those albums like before, like weeks or months before the album came out, before both those albums came out as well. And um, I... Ocean Boulevard already has like more streams uh, than they did like the day before she released Chemtrails and Blue Banisters. Yeah. So like I think a lot, and I think I think a little bit of it has to do with the, the promotion too that she's been doing. Yeah. But like also like I just think like people are paying more attention to her right now. I think they are, and I think no matter what she's talking about, I feel like. And I feel like Kim Charles and Blue Bannisters, even though people really did hate on those albums, slept on them and didn't really listen to them in terms of like GP. Blue Bannisters is amazing. Blue Bannisters is amazing. And you're going to disagree with me, but Kim Charles is amazing as well. But it's, it's amazing good. in a different light. Kim Charles is, to me, that album is sort of like her with her friends, talking about her friends. And yeah, she talks about her love life on that album. But I just think that like Lana really was like writing about her life at that time in a, like such a different way than we got from the born to dies the honeymoons and the ultraviolences instead of this sort of like glamorized and i'm going to say this word again hyperbolized viewpoint we're talking about a more realistic and more literal approach to these albums and i think it's really interesting that this happens and i wonder if the album after ocean boulevard is going to be another less for life where it's different and it's something that we weren't expecting. And from that point on, we go into a different era of Lana for the next four albums. I feel like that would be really interesting. And I think, cause she is wickedly talented. And I know she's not done making music whatsoever. I know. I, I hope I, Oh my gosh. Wouldn't it be a serve though? If, um, if Lana does the the second verse, to, she actually records the second verse, Snow on the Beach, and they release it. <laughs> yeah. Like in the middle of tour. That would be that really would, cool. That would serve. And I think, and we get like a... And they get a, they do another collab. They, oh my God. They do. They release do a another, seven inch and it's... They should do another collab. <laughs> they should. I mean, Taylor did a seven inch of the lakes, which that's so random. So like she And that should, song is not really that good. I like it. 
I like it. That's how I feel about chemtrails, though. So, girl, please don't exactly. even go there. Chemtrails eats up the lakes. Not like half the songs, but <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'd be really cute if they did a seven inch of that song for like RSD Day. Yeah, record store day, y'all. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just really excited, and I I know I keep saying that, and I know that like. Lana is coming and her after time I, is close. After I heard A and W, which just by the track list, that was the song that I was like, I was like, I'm gonna like this song when it comes out. And I yeah. do really like it. So like I'm excited to hear the rest of the songs. I am too. I'm like elated. Like I just can't wait. And even like um the title track of Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard? Even that song, I love so much. I love it just as much as A&W. When she hits that breath. One thing about us, <laughs> if a female singer breathes and song. goes. Yeah. Or any type of version of a breath from exhaustion, we're going to eat it up. Oh, yeah. Think about Ronan. Think about Good the heart you. once what it wants. Good for you. A&W. I mean, come on. And we love those songs. Yeah, because they're done. I love Ronan. So I love that song. Taylor's so much. version eats up the OG. Oh yeah, like real bad. And I sometimes I was at the gym today and I put on Ronan. I love that song. You're weird, but yeah, that song's good. I don't listen to it that often though. Yeah, like maybe once a year. <laughs> <laughs> maybe once a year, like when I because sometimes I'll like go back to like one of her albums because the other day I actually listened to All of Red TV. And then to sort of wrap up before we continue, I know that we talked briefly in like a episode or two ago about the anti-drag bills that are coming into Tennessee that Billy unfortunately just signed into law not too long ago. Well, recently it came out uh, a drag photo of Billy. In drag from his high school yearbook photo. And he was confronted about it. And I forgot what he said about it. I think he, he said, said, how dare you present that to me? That is just, that's a harmless act. And this bill is about uh, protecting children, protecting children, yada, yada, yada. Please. And then, uh, and then like a week, like he didn't do any public appearances for like a whole like two weeks. And I follow the Tennessee Holler and they're the ones who exposed that. Yeah. Shout out to them. And Shout they, out to the Tennessee Holler. They also exposed our lieutenant governor who is like the lieutenant governor for y'all who like don't like know much about like the way government works. But the lieutenant governor is basically like the person who's right o under the governor. So like basically like the vice president, if you want to put it in. Yeah. In like those, layman's terms. Yep. But uh, the lieutenant, go our lieutenant governor, I think his name's McNally. He recently got exposed also by the Tennessee Hauler. Shout out to them. Oh, yeah. Um, they exposed that he's like been commenting under like the the multiple at this point. Like they found like multiple like young gay men and also like young trans women's photos like commenting like on straight up like thirst traps like one of them the guy like he he literally just straight up just posted his ass like him in his underwear and uh he just was like commenting like like hard eye emojis and stuff and it's just like uh you can you can like thirst after after like these young gay men and these young trans women but like be in support of like the most anti-lgbt bills that are being passed in the nation right now yeah 
like it's kind of it's like insane hypocritical but like it also doesn't shock me because like stuff like that always comes out whenever like republicans do stuff like this especially high profile republicans especially and what's crazy to me is like that's honestly not shocking because the drag queens that i do watch uh trixie and katya that i watch their podcast and they've talked before about sort of like these anti-drag bills that they tried to bring forth about like a year or two ago and they said that the biggest gag of it all is when there's a republican convention the amount of gay men and the amount of trans women and the amount of drag queens who get on grinder nine times out of ten they're gonna go have sex with those republican men because they hit them up oh yeah and it's a bunch of republican men and a lot of times that they, they just have like a lot of self-hatred so that's oh, why yeah. they support bills like that oh yeah but just like fuck them though it's fucking insanity and i know the lieutenant governor has i don't think he said anything about it he did his his like um his office tried to say like their defense is basically oh he's like he's too old to be gay and he just like he likes to comment on his cons uh on all different types of constituents no matter their background or orientation yeah fucking right that dude was commenting weird as hell that dude was commenting heart emojis under like straight up third like i said straight up thirst traps and one of the photos was literally just the boy's ass and so, it was like a how old is that boy like 20 yeah he's 20 girl. and he's, the lieutenant governor's like in his 50s he's 79 yeah he's old enough to be like his great-grandfather yeah holy shit well that's tennessee for you oh yeah <laughs> wow it's just wild that's nasty that's weird it's just disappointing that like this is what like and it, th these bills are starting to like gain like national like attention because like tennessee is literally the first state in the union to like actually push these bills and not just push them but also pass them so attention is on tennessee right now and it just sucks that it's for the wrong reasons yeah but hopefully like this will get a lot of people in tennessee to wake up and maybe vote some of these representatives and sen state senators out of office that are voting for these things yeah and i'm really hoping some people celebrities kind of bring it hopefully to attention hopefully but anyways what is your song of the week um my song of the week is red ruby to sleaze <laughs> by the queen Nicki minaj mm -hmm. been obsessed with it been on replay probably my most played song this week what about you mine is probably i'm good blue by bb rexa featuring david guetta okay um that song pop perfection um i love it I love it. The girls are gagged for it. So. <laughs> All right. Well, we will see y'all next week. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.